and you're listening to Home Bodies Only, where we welcome all bodies to join us as we dissect and break down HBO series, and today we are doing The Gilded Age, episode four. All right. There we go. A long ladder. Mm. I realize we never talk about us as homebodies, like what we have to do, or what we do and deal with being homebodies all the time. I'm not going to go into it, but I just had plumbing issues, and it wasn't the toilet actually but was it a leprechaun i think it might have been you know that's what i'm going to chalk it up to i'm not going to worry and be like this is a huge house thing we need to do but when Mm -hmm. you're home bodies and you're home a lot you tend to get more plumbing issues do you notice that some clogs Mm. (laughs) clogs clogs in your drains oh that's fun you know yeah where water's coming up in places you were like well i wasn't using that so why is water yeah Mm. Anyway. That's okay. My husband was um, at baseball practice today, and mm-hmm. he called me and said, um, so we're waiting for the fire department to get here. I was like, what <gasps> happened? Um, they practice in an um, indoor facility. Yeah. And during one of the drills, apparently one of the players hit the baseball and just dinged the sprinkler system, and it activated the entire thing, hmm. of course, and you know, there's water that's sort of like in a holding tank and it has to all come out. You can't, you can <gasps> shut the water off, but like oh it gosh. all has to come out. So it like flooded their um, practice, you know, their indoor facility. And it was, um, they share like their, it's like uh, share walls with like a building, right? So there's other businesses and water was leaking into those businesses. <gasps> oh my gosh. So... <laughs> The leprechaun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Must oh have. Um, yeah. This poor kid. He probably. It was a. There's you something know, with it was water an today. Something. With water. But um, yeah. He said the turf was like basically floating mm. and um. Now like got shot with like the spray and like. Oh my the, gosh! Um, Were they all soaking wet? Like deposits. Oh yeah. <gasps> like, I wonder if like there's cameras. Is that right so that behind the high school, film. Kingston High School? No, Where that's is... their turf field outdoor. They practice oh, in the their indoor houses. is um in no over uptown Kingston in the Kingston Plaza. Oh. Yeah, that it's like not no even close to where their field is. I know. Okay. And they play their They're games so fancy. in a different location. It's crazy. We didn't have any indoor places to practice softball yeah. and all Yeah, they that, have like so. an indoor uh training facility, Very which fancy. is great. And it yeah. you know, there's other um sports that use it. It's not just the high school baseball team right i wouldn't think you know so. what i mean but still <laughs> that's like, oh, oh that's my terrible gosh. well at so least it anyway. wasn't in your house let's just say let's no just say. the sprinkler carpet wasn't not... floating or anything like yeah that. no i'm all <laughs> set with that i don't need any more um <sighs> stress right now <laughs> yeah no one does so sorry to hear that <laughs> thank you yeah we'll see mm-hmm. it's always yeah. about water you either need it or there's too much mm-hmm. of it Right. Isn't that the th- yeah? I was actually reading um, before I came on. I was <laughs> reading my book that I'm into right now, and they had a storm coming in the book, and mm. it, yeah. it's based in Nantucket. So there was like you know mm. some big mm-hmm. waves coming in the rain, and yeah, it's always about water. It's always about the water. You're either trying to keep mm. it out or get more in. Okay, I'm telling you. On that note, nothing to do with. <laughs> this show nothing but to do nothing with. No, nothing no. at all nothing in this episode nothing okay yeah we start off at patrick morris's funeral and they kept flashing from like the funeral to george russell right so she i think they mm-hmm. show the coffin going down and they show russell looking at plans <sighs> for the new station yeah it was very upsetting um, i wrote grieving to succeeding why did i write that down because you were watching her grieve the grieving, and then he was Correct. succeeding. There you go. That was great because I wrote grieving to succeeding, and I said, "Wow, what an opening to celebrate the life, yet also the project." Yeah, yeah. I was like really That's into good. my notes. Yeah. Now you handwrite, right? I didn't realize you were handwriting. I handwrite my notes. I was handwriting. Like, yes. I think I told you I was handwriting scenes from a marriage, but my hand was oh. killing me. Also, now yes. I'm like linking to websites, but. You know, at least when you handwrite, you know what you wrote. Your your notebook Correct. doesn't autocorrect and change the wording. Because my next line is at the Russell's house, Bertha wallowing into George's <laughs> office. I was like, wallowing? Well, supposed to be walking. What? 
<laughs> why? Why does it say wallowing? Mm. Okay, so Bertha walks into George's office and asks about a telegram from Clay. I bet, is Clay like his assistant guy, maybe? His right-hand man Is that the guy that dude? always comes in? And is always like, Bleh. like, I feel like he's a little bit devious. Older? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. So mm-hmm. I thought at first he got the telegram from the coroner's office. I'm like, how did this guy get the coroner's office to telegram? So anyway, it's just that the verdict was Morris's death was a suicide because he thought he might be blamed for it. Um, and Bertha says, you are strong. He was weak. Who's to blame for that? <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. She's firing Miss Grant. And George thinks that's a good because Gladys is too old for a governess. And she's like, no, um, she wants she's going to replace her. She just mm-hmm. is firing her because she's lost control of Gladys. So then Marion and Peggy are walking and Peggy has heard from the New York Globe. T. Thomas Fortune asked for a meeting. And Marion's like, you could be a writer. And she's and Peggy says, you could be, and you could be a bride. And Marion says, I'd rather be the writer, sorry. But anyway, yeah, right. I am a writer. No, um, and Marion says she can't believe he asked her. Did he ask her? Um, did he even ask her? You know, and Peggy asks if she hopes she was, she, basically Marion's questioning, like, was I mistaken? And she said, do you hope you were mistaken? Marion says, not exactly. She says it does. It still feels rushed. And Peggy says, what would you say if your aunts didn't exist? And Marion says, good point. Mm. So now Marion uh, sees a store. And she's like, oh, let's go in. And like Peggy doesn't want to. Marion's like, we didn't Ugh, have stores like this. Trip. Oh, gosh, I know. So it's Ugh. Blooming. It says Bloomingdale Brothers. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. that has to be what how has Bloomingdale to be started. So mm-hmm. I looked up stuff. I looked that up. They never said it was originally called Bloomingdale's Brothers. Never, I could not find that. But it was started by three brothers. First it said mm. two, but then it's like, then there was, there was a third brother involved. So, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, it was, and it moved locations. And then I didn't realize, I guess I should have known this, that I guess Macy's does, they're, they're in like the same, they're owned by like the same company, mm. I guess. Like I remember. Under um, Macy's now. When I was um, an intern, I'll never forget all this. Uh, I was an intern back in the day, and um, my supervisor mm-hmm. was obsessed with Bloomingdale's. And at the time of my internship, I think it was like just after the Devil Wears Prada movie as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was a very stylish woman, uh, the supervisor that I, you know, mm-hmm. the school psychologist that I was working um, yeah. under. And she loved Bloomingdale's and she would go down there often to down to Westchester and go shopping. Well, Oh, she'd go to Westchester one. Yes. There's one in in one of the malls and she would have like a doctor's appointment down there and go, there's like a Bloomingdale's and it was like her favorite place to go. So when she Mm -hmm. went, she just like, it was like shopping spree. Right. Right. So anyway, she, one time she went and she came into work and she was like, hey, you're like a size seven and a half, eight. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, well. In foot. You know. Foot my foot. Shoe size. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And, Not that there's um, wrong with seven and a half or she eight, like, seven or eight. But. She had bought like a, sl- like a slew of shoes or whatever. And she was like, yeah, I just feel really bad to return these shoes. They were like a really nice pair of Cole Haan um, like Pumps loafer style oh, okay. heels they were adorable and and they fit me perfect and they were so comfortable and she was just like you could just have them like wow. they're like a 300 dollars pair of shoes shoes <laughs> and i was just thinking like i'm the intern you know i'm like 20 but what, she also was a psychologist old. at a school district yeah but her her she husband was an attorney oh. very a very established attorney oh. and they didn't have children and i think when i was there and she would make comments about like you know, like, oh, you just make me want to, like, wish that I had. You know, I think she had nieces and nephews and stuff. Oh, yeah, they had, yeah. like, two houses. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, she, it was, like, nothing nice. to her. But, like, when I tell you this woman was obsessed with Bloomingdale's, like, she came in, like, looking like, um, what's her name's character a lot. She loved her outfit, uh, so she basically oh would shop Anne Hathaway's them. character or the, yes. the main woman's? The... No, Anne Hathaway. Oh. And she was, she could pull it off. Oh, she was so yeah. stylish. yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just so. funny that I, I don't mean to sound snotty, but that she was like, "I went down to Westchester." I'm like, "No, that's not that's not Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's is 
in the city. Yeah, like, I think they have she, famous windows. I think, and all that stuff. Yes, <laughs> of course she loved going down there. But yes. when she would go but it was to the specific to go, doctor, yeah. it was she's like, oh, but they have a Bloomingdale's, and so she would right. come back with like bags and bags of stuff, probably. Just she's like, I just I feel weird about returning shoes. So can you just take these off my hands? I was like, sure. Yes, you can. Because I think she. Do you bought still a have them? Shoes. No, you, you don't have them anymore, do you? No, I don't. I don't. I wore those things out, man. Out. Yeah. They were so yeah. comfy. I love a good That's pair awesome. of shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's cool. Shout out. That's Bloomingdale's, cool. man. Uh, one of my friends um, was a was probably not a full-on buyer it sounds like such a fancy title but a lot of i'm not gonna say a lot of kids but yeah there's a handful of or more of people that when they got Mm -hmm. out of college they became i think they were really like assistant buyers and it sounded way more glorious than glamorous glorious and glamorous blooming i I really like nordstrom that would be like that i order from them a lot i like that Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like i don't know what makes them so Bloomies? But they just have a variety, and I love Nordstrom well, because it's free shipping oh, and Nordstrom, returns. Yes. That's nice. Love them. So much easier than all a lot. Like Macy's and all of them are fine, but like we can't go to stores really anymore. We don't have a mall. So, but <laughs> even they when, just even make when it we so had easy. a mall, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. Anyway, no. The malls right. in Buffalo were fantastic. Fantastic. All right. I yeah, just, that was my I'll tell you okay, a little bit about Bloomingdale to the shopping maybe, trip if it's yes. exciting to people. The one that they visited apparently in the show um, was supposed to had been located on Third Avenue and 56th Street, and it was known as. Mm-hmm. See, this is oh the Bloomingdale Brothers Great East Side Bazaar. It's funny they use that word bazaar. The company was created by Lehman Lyman L Y M A N and Joseph Bloomingdale, who opened a ladies' garment store in the Lower East Side in 1861. The first product they carried was the hoop skirt, which was the latest fashion fad. Bloomingdale's early mm. success was tied to the wealth and excess of the Gilded Age. Now, this is interesting. Oh. In the, this is maybe why they rose up uh, in the mid 19th century. Most fashion retailers carried only one kind of garment, but Bloomingdale's expanded its inventory to include high end clothing for men and women, which gave birth to the modern day quote department store. Bloomingdale's soon expanded to the 59th Street location. Oh, that Marion and Peggy shopped at in the Gilded Age. Oh, I thought they said they were. Right, that's really confusing. Hmm. They literally just I said love two department stores. Two locations. I, miss them. I know. But I just have to say, they saw two different locations that they were at. They called Marion Mariana, M-A-R-I-A-N-A. So Mm. hopefully this website is, it's called ScreenRant.com. Yeah. They need a proofreader. They might need me. Okay. Maybe they could call Jay Hansel Editing. Jay Hansel Editing. They can can call me (laughs) on my landline. Um, (laughs) Your rotary phone. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Peggy doesn't want to go in. Shut up. Employees. <laughs> such a dork. Okay. Employees are staring at her the whole time. It was like so uncomfortable. Ugh, Mrs. Chamberlain I, is there. I wanted to just slap everybody there. I know. Oh my god. Sorry. And she bought this carved box, or she's showing, and she's showing Marion. Mm-hmm. I got. I had to listen to the conversation like twice, but basically, Marion. I think she said. Mrs. Chamberlain said she needed a pair of gloves, right? And mm-hmm. then Marion said something about somehow Marion was like, "I'll buy the gloves for you." Like it was really weird. It, it turned into that, yeah. and then Mrs. Chamberlain's like, "No, no, no, we mustn't look like we're on like a planned shopping trip or something." It was just, yeah, I thought it was an odd conversation. And then basically they left, and um, like it was nice. Mrs. Chamberlain wanted, called Peggy over to look at the box and everything. Yes. Um, so now we're at the Van Rines, and Ada is asking Bannister to walk Pumpkin, the dog. Ada mm. is dressed like she's in a marching band or a bellhop. I don't know if you noticed in this scene. The stripes across quick the chest. Thought. Why? What hundred things does Ada have to do exactly? Oh, uh, that's what I was thinking. Because what the dog what is clearly her life, need... too. Yeah. What, what, what hundred things do you have going no. on? Just Can you name a couple? She has to put some more curls <laughs> in the top of her hair. I don't get it. Like, She's what gotta do make you her have bustle bigger. I don't Everybody know. Everybody talks for you as it is. What chores yeah. do you have? No, I know. And Just the dog that. is the love of her life. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. But she regrets that decision. So now we're mm-hmm. Russell, um, Mr. Russell and Mr. Fane on the street. So Mr. Russell basically stalked 
Mr. Fane outside the club. I called it the club, but it's really it's the club. Probably, it's a gentleman's club. club, not a strip club, but it's a club. A club for white people, basically rich. A white, white people men, club, right? Probably rich white men. Um, mm. I was trying to look up like clubs back then. I mean, there was I think more than one. You know, yeah, there was still like clubs like that. There's still a club just, like that, at least when I lived I, in the city. We look at Mr. Fane and I'm like, ah, your wife looks so much older than you. <laughs> I know. You're obsessed. You I know. So I, young. Are I they don't trying to know make what it is? I don't look older. The... Or is he younger? And she, I'm telling you. I, no, I know. He not... looked very young to me. I didn't realize. Not that she looks like an old woman, but she just looks no, older than No, but him. she looks, yeah. he looks like he's like 30s, right? And she looks 40s, when you say? I'm not going to say he looks Upper 20s. 40s? Yeah. I don't know. I'm saying he's in his 30s and she's like it's hard. in her 40s. They're not the best like casting together. Pair. They almost look a little no, alike. No, they're not. Too. Do you know what I mean? Do they look a little alike in their yeah, eyes? Yeah, it's not it's not what I I don't know. No. I'm just having a hard time. I mean, I like I don't know. Why I'm, I'm stuck glad on looking at him. I'm fine. I but love I some Mr. Take Fane. I'm not that, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. And There's I something think Mrs. about Fane like, the is match. Adorable. She's a Broadway actress by the mm-hmm. way oh yeah adorable it's just like the yeah. the pair I'm like, i don't know yeah it like, something's can't. off with that chemistry yeah so um where am i here so yeah so russ russell stalks um fane outside the club and uh he gives his condol- condolences condolences right for morris for some reason it's like condolences that's the right word right when someone passes away you say that okay mm-hmm. Russell's making sure that, like, they all don't think it's his fault. Mm-hmm. And I guess the new bill is being passed soon, and Fane basically says, like, they deserved what they got because they, you know, played with him and all that stuff and tried to mm. slap, slap, slap. screw him. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. Um, slap, slap, slap. Russell says he doesn't wish Mr. Fane any any ill will and he had mm-hmm. he had been angry that day with the alderman because um, basically you know I think Mr. Fane re- references that and he's like I just I had been angry that day but he's not anymore or something and then Russell mm-hmm. says he calls him back to the carriage and he's like drop by my office this afternoon mm. so I my next title of the next section I have is effing banister <laughs> Oh, Bannister. Bannister is staring at this commotion on the street, and he's like, and Pumpkin gets loose and lost. What kind of collar? What's going on with that collar? Like, it's a a metal. For real? I know. The whole whole thing. And there goes Pumpkin. Poor Pumpkin. Yeah. So I didn't think what was going to happen. Me neither. What happened to Pumpkin? I did not think. But then I wrote notes, so I'll get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I Thank thought goodness. we were something worse. Thank I was like, goodness. no. Yeah. Um, no, not yeah. Eight is a mess. It's their old life. <laughs> so eight is a mess. Her, Rightfully so, I said. And yeah, Agnes she had 100 things to do, and her dog is now missing. Now she's got 101. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the song? I got 99 problems, and, you know. And what well, ain't one of them? What she's is got it? 101 problems, and it ain't, oh, yeah. you know. And Dalmatians. <laughs> it ain't a husband. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. No. Yeah, no. This is... Bad. So, and Agnes doesn't give a you know what, basically. No. She's like, pull yourself together. You're no. you're a soldier's daughter. That's what yeah. she says to her. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. <laughs> now Can we're we coin in... that phrase already? I, I mean, know. We got it. Can we get a trademark on that? Yeah. We got to no. make a meme, too. Some kind yeah. of meme. Done. Sold. Can you get on that? <laughs> yeah, I'm right Can on top of that. Can you do that? Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right on top of that, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite um, movie ever. Got Okay. We're on servants. We're in the servants' quarters. I'm calling them servants' quarters. I don't know. Help yeah. quarters. It's the quarters. They're talking about the, the dog, and they're hoping someone uh. finds him and will give it back. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Bauer says they should give it back. And Mrs. Armstrong said what people should do and what they do do. You are always the same. Or aren't always the same. Do-do. something. <laughs> she hey. said doo-doo. Such a dork. I was like, I had to like, such a dork. Okay. Jack asks Bridget what he's done wrong. She says, nothing. And he's like, come out Mm. with, then come out with me. And she's like, no. And she like shrugs his hand off. 
<sighs> so now we're at the Russell's house. Um, Bertha is confronting Miss Grant, the governess, and Gladys. Mm. Uh, she in, she intercepted basically a letter, I guess, that was to Gladys from Baldwin, yeah. from Archie. And the letter must have talked about the meeting up at the hotel. This doesn't sound good, though. I just have to say, it really doesn't sound good. Like, Mm-mm. even for today's times. Like, come on. At a hotel with Baldwin, Miss Grant defends it, saying it was innocent. Bertha's fires her. So now mm-hmm. we're at the Fane's house. And Mr. Fane tells Aurora that Russell is going to do right by him. And they'll they'll get their money back. Right. Basically, on one condition, is if Aurora brings his wife into society. And she says, mm. you overestimate my power. And he says, he doesn't want to be dependent on her father's charity. You know, and that mm. blah, blah, blah. And at the end, she's like, you better watch what you say about my daddy. No, she didn't say, <laughs> she didn't say my daddy. <laughs> my daddy. I said, he better watch what he say about her daddy. That's what I wrote. That's she right. She says that to him. She's like, I am also your mother. <laughs> but, yeah, that's coming out next episode. Like your older sister i'm your older sister by the way no (laughs) i'm your mother (laughs) and i just never could tell you (laughs) oh god because my daddy (laughs) your daddy wait all right gladys when you were casting something fell through i'm telling you (laughs) and they were just like you know what this is what we got let's paint some gray hair on him let's but there isn't even gray hair on him he looks like right he looks like he has blonde hair like a dirty bomb. Oh, it looks yeah. – gr- all right, listen. You watch, watch on your phone, phone, so I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it looks like he's yeah. got, like, just for men streaks or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't think so. I don't know. All right, we got Gladys and the governess, and she's they're saying bye to each other, basically, mm. and Gladys feels, you know, obviously very badly. Um, then they see Pumpkin looking really rough. Like, I don't know if this is the same day, but Pumpkin <laughs> – I don't like, know what's going on. Looks like he rolled in some S H I T. Like I don't know what happened there. And he's literally across the street. So what did he yeah. do? Like, where did he go? He I, didn't go very far. Literally across Unless- the street. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that this dog literally stumbles across the darn street. <laughs> Must have been doing something else though, and got discombobulated and ended up across he at the nicer walk house. Across the street. I know. I don't know what is. Because this is, is the same they, day. Isn't this the same day? Yes. Okay. This is the best part, though. They, of course, the Russells catch the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But really, you can't just walk I thought she across was keep... the darn street. I know. And go bring the dog. We got to bring no. it in. We got to make it a whole thing. We got to bathe it. We well, got to feed it. I we got to, thought... like, analyze the whole thing and, like, hold the dog hostage. I thought she was going to hold the dog for ransom. Like, yes. I really thought... Yes. That they they're gonna hold on to that dog and yeah. it's gonna be a few days. They literally or whatever. are across the street. Can you imagine if your neighbor, I don't know, found your oh, dog yeah. across and oh, like kept it for a while? No, well, we, we, we bathed <laughs> be it. like you we decided to give her a bath. <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah, yeah that's we found weird. her at twelve. Well, excuse me, ma'am. It's it's seven thirty at night. <laughs> oh, but we just you know. Which, yeah, it's weird. Meanwhile, you got, like, the police out looking. Right. You know, you got flyers Bannisters going out. Donovan's drawn pictures to help my dog. You know. It's yeah. Dog missing. the street. Yeah. I I, that's I why really I really thought she was going to play a game. Like, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like, like, what does she have yeah. planned? So. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Oh, the governess tells Mrs. Bruce to grab the dog, and Bertha comes out and says she knows who it belongs to, and tells staff to watch him feed Pumpkin, then write a note for the footman. A maid. Write a note for the footman. <laughs> I know it's very, very formal. It's a whole process, Diana. Don't you? You know what? In the book of etiquette, when you find your neighbor's dog in rough shape, this is what you have to do. Listen, I noted. I will write a note. I will call Sorry. a footman. Yep. I will. I don't have a footman, but I will. You still write a note to that footman if you find my dog. Okay. Yeah. You got I'll that? I'll make Matt put on a footman's tuxedo <laughs> costume. In his and own room. properly take care of the dog before yes. returning it across the street. Yes. And also, I will not answer the door. Just to let you know. My no, lady's maid. Oh, no. I think my lady. Oh, yes. Oh, no, yes. It'll be a footman because lady's maid don't. Mm-hmm. Ladies may don't answer the door. <laughs> no, they don't have time for that. No, no. They're dressing people. Okay. Across the street. 
Oh, and then <laughs> five steps away, people. I know. Dirt road. Or ten. Five but... steps. Hey, we yeah. found your dog. It's a little yeah. disheveled, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Unless she felt like I don't know. They don't go into it. But... No, I really did think she was gonna like hold this oh, thing yeah. for oh yeah ransom. So anyway. yeah, like um, a bribe or something. Yeah. So one quick note at the end is that one of the maids is really jumping on that governess position. She gets very excited. I think mm-hmm. they show the kitchen and she's like, oh, she'll need a, a lady's mm-hmm. maid. Like, got get very mm-hmm. excited. So now we're at the New York Globe. Mr. Fortune is a hottie patati and he's played by Sullivan Jones. And I was like, I know this guy. I know he was in Halston. Yeah. I didn't finish Halston. But mm-hmm. I, I looked him but up. I, I was like, he's, it. Mm-hmm. He's, it's driving me nuts. I did start Ooh. Halston and he was his boyfriend in uh, – the first mm-hmm. several episodes, I guess it was. Anyway, yeah, he's he's the kid. This gave me all the tingles. Oh this yeah. Whole scene. So I wanted to before I. I don't know if you want to go into that scene. I looked up a little history. Um, it was from the Los Angeles Times. Did I do that? I did. Okay. So. Oh, this is what I'm talking about here. Fortune, whose first name is Timothy is a real historical figure who is often referred to as the Dean of Black Journalism. He was born into slavery. He was a close associate of Booker T. Washington, who founded The Globe, which later became the New York Age and was one of the most prominent black papers in the country. I found... That's the article. It's from the LA Times. It was actually... I really skimmed it, and I'm not going to do it justice at all. So I was thinking, I was like... Oh, should I link it in the description? I guess so. And when we have our website, I can like put these links yes. in the in the episode stuff. But Coming basically soon. the title of the I won't go into it too much, but the title of the article is How Accurate is the Gilded Age's History of New York's Black Elite? We checked. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it short. So Julian Fellows, because you can also read it. Um da, da, da. so he they said maybe TV's preeminent chronicler, chronicler of the British aristocracy, but his latest series, The Gilded Age, finds the writer in uncharted terrain, America. So he, mm. sorry, I just want to find it. In this unusual twist for this kind of society tale, The Gilded Age also follows the Scots, a prominent black family from Brooklyn that includes Peggy, Danae Benton, an aspiring writer who works as a secretary to the prickly Agnes Van Ryn. <laughs> Um, so he, uh, let's see. He basically says, I wanted to very much, I wanted very much to make the Gilded Age distinctively American. And I didn't believe I could do that without having a black narrative and a black family alongside the others. It just didn't feel right to actually. So he had read several years earlier, a book called, I believe it's a book called Black Gotham, in which author Carla Peterson traces her family history to the black elite of 19th century New York. I had no idea that there was, really, that there was a prosperous upper middle class black community in New York towards the end of the 19th century, based not in Harlem, but in Brooklyn. I didn't know this either. Um, mm-hmm. These were affluent people with status and business and fam- businesses and families. So I just wanted to put in here, oh, I'll say one more thing. Uh, oh fellows typically writes his shows on his own but for the gilded age he shared duties with sonia warfield a writer whose credits include will and grace um Mm. i think the depiction of black let me see what she says okay i'll just quote her and then I'll, i'll stop there but i think the depiction of black people in television and film especially in that time period is usually relegated to those stories about slavery said Warfield, who is black. I have my own family stories of great-grandparents who had some money, one of whom started a school. I thought, these are stories that haven't been told. That's what really piqued my interest. I just, um, I found this really interesting, and I'll link the article. But I, you know, it's cool. I didn't know about, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know about this side of New York either. So. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. So anyway, we're here at the why did I... I'm glad oh, that they, they call... included that. Yeah. That story, like this story, story line. in this show. Yeah. 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 Me too. It makes it more... Um, it's Dynamic. Just, it's <laughs> more fascinating and yeah. interesting and dynamic. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it adds another like level. I just really enjoy it. Because New York, I mean, even back then, <laughs> yes, is, is right. so multicultural. And I know mm-hmm. back then it 
was more segregated, obviously, but obviously you can't ignore that part of it. You know, like mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. makes New York, New York, right? So anyway, um, Peggy comes in and she helps uh, Fortune print the paper with like a wagon wheel thingy. That's what I <laughs> press. Mm -hmm. The wagon, like wagon wheel. He says he likes her writing and then they're talking about the Republican Party and George Polk, mm. who she gets introduced to, mentions like, don't ask her if she's a Republican. And she said, how can I align myself? Oh, I wrote, I wrote, love this part. How can I align myself with a party if I can't vote? But boom. Mm -hmm. That's right. There so Fortune, said, mm -hmm. Fortune says he's publishing her story and also wants her to write about what she just said. So he'd like her to like write a little more political stuff, right? <clears throat> yeah, that'll so, sell papers, you know. Yeah. So now we're at the Van Rines. They get the mm. note that they found that the Russells found pumpkin. Agnes is pissed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she thinks, which I did too, this is Bertha's way of getting herself into their house. Ada says, mm -hmm. she'll go, you know. And Agnes goes, no, this, oh, this was my favorite part. So I won't, I hope I can do it. So Agnes goes, no. And then Marion says, she'll go. And she goes, no. And she, she goes, no. She does this like Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not doing it right. Did you, I thought it was, yeah. I swear when she filmed this, she On had point. to have started laughing. She was like, no, yeah. no. Um, Several takes. Awesome. Awesome. So they send Bannister. Because <laughs> he wants to see that. Of hat. course by the way right so then we have mrs bauer and bridget and i think bauer mrs bauer says something about jack and um i think is that's when she says she's like he's a nice enough boy and says i bet your mm -hmm. mother would approve or something and bridget's like Rah! like it's upset when she mentions her mother yeah so now we have mr watson creep the butler footman whatever he is he's mr russell's yeah. man he's Correct. creepily he's bald that guy he's creepily hiding behind a tree <laughs> spying on mrs mcneil i believe her name was getting out of a carriage and i only know it's mrs mcneil because they say her name or something so what's that all about right mm -hmm. we don't know all right, now we're in russell's kitchen and bannister comes to fetch the dog and says wanted to come see the place and the dude there, I don't know what his name is. It Church? Is that Church? I feel like there's a church. There's somebody with the last name Church. I thought it was him. Says okay. he'll give him a tour. They meet. So then Bannister meets Chef Baldin, Baldin, and speaks mm -hmm. French to him. And he totally like critiques the menu. He's like, "You're serving soup at lunch." And yeah, I don't remember what the other thing was, but the soup was like a big deal. He got very... a big, a huge deal. Now I'm like, is All Bannister of the really throughout was. Yeah. It was really because he's like funny. old school. Yeah. But also too, is he doing right? that just to do some jazz? Yeah, he's doing some jazz. Yeah, we got like we got old money, new money. Gotta... Yeah. Yep. So now we have Marion. Yeah. Marion <laughs> and Peggy at the Van Rines. And I just wanted to, I took a screenshot I literally took a picture of the screen of Marion's dress. Um it's the gold and blue. I really liked mm -hmm. this one. It was like the bodice and it was like a golden color and then this blue sheer but covering her I don't, it just I love those two colors together so Peggy Peggy mm -hmm. Peggy <laughs> tells her about the globe and Agnes walks in while they're talking and asks what the wonderful news is because that's what she mentions and Marion says you'll be thrilled you'll be thrilled and Agnes says I haven't been thrilled since 1865 and I'm like, I wrote hmm, that down. what happened in 1865? Because so I was, yes. I know, I was trying to like count back, and I'm like, is that when her husband died? <laughs> but I don't think was so. That the because last time they had relations. I don't yeah, know. But I don't think she'd be thrilled about the relations. Um, <laughs> I was thinking it was when her husband died because she hated him so much. But, but it didn't calculate right. yeah, because I think his her husband died ten years ago, and this is 18. Oh God, is it 1882? Oh, when it starts. I forgot. I thought it was around there. Somewhere in like the late 18. Right? Yeah. So I think that, of, that would be too. Prior to the turn of the century. That would be too long ago. So maybe that was when she had Oliver. Anyway, I thought that was really fun. It's almost like um, it's almost like the Eagles. Calif um, Hotel California. Welcome to the hotel. 
Well, because they're like, I haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just saying. She's like, I've been that thrilled since 1865. <laughs> she did not say it like that. <laughs> haven't been thrilled. She should have sang it. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't had that spirit here since, since 1865. You know, listen, every year at our school, we do she rewrite says it a song. Better, I think we're on to something. Oh, okay. Hotel California. For the end of the year song? Maybe we need yeah. to do Hotel California. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't. We won't know. bore our listeners with that one, but I do think that's a good idea. No, we won't. But our oh, songs are hit makers yeah, for sure. Last yeah, year, totally. Our Hold video went viral. Phillips among our staff. It's amazing. <laughs> About ten. Yes, of us. among 10 like people twelve went people. Yeah, yeah, they loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great. And we Hold should we should link it to uh, you know people want to see my our, notes. Yeah, it was a Hold great rendition. We rewrite the song. Yep. Mask up. We talked about COVID and mask up for one more day. And masks and mm-hmm. all things. Anyways. Anyway. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> okay. So no. they tell Agnes. Uh-huh. They tell. Oh, she tells Agnes. And I think Agnes wants to know what the story is about. And she says it's about a young colored woman living on the Upper East Side. And Agnes says, so it's about you. And she tells her about that he wants her to do a political piece. And Agnes is like, don't tell me about that one. <laughs> Yeah, right. She oh, gives her permission Agnes. to go to her parents' house and also adds, mm-hmm. that's for uh, her mom's, for Peggy's birthday, sorry, Peggy's mom's birthday, but also adds not to tell them about the political story either because that would just yeah. upset them. Okay. So we're at the Russell's house. Bannister is viewing the dining room and he teaches about and talks about the setting the table. Bannister oh, says the, the glasses, doors. I don't know. But when he opened the doors, it was mm-hmm. just so like, ah. I know. Didn't beautiful. you get that? Like, fe- that yeah. like grand feel? Yeah. Yeah. So Bannister says, you know, like he's critiquing the glasses, which I thought was funny because last time we talked about In all a the glasses. Row. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, they're supposed to be, they're, they're, or at least the English way. Is square or square, something. Right. And there's no colored glasses. Like, what? You know. So I thought that was funny. I was um, like, I wrote down, why does does everybody get their own salt and pepper at the table? Oh, I didn't see that. Everybody had a salt and pepper. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I was. Everybody had their own salt and pepper at the table. I'm a salt aholic. So, oh, are you? That. Oh yeah. I don't salt. I mean, not like overly I mean, while disgusting, I cook, but not at the table. I don't oh, put it at out. the table. My oh, dad yeah. was like, yeah, my dad does that. My dad's my dad's like, my, like that too. My mom tried to like give him like Mrs. Dash one. She and my dad was like, "What is this?" You know. Oh, I like Mrs. Dash too. I'll go for Mrs. Dash also. Yeah, but no, I'm not like crazy. Do do you go for like sea salt or do you go for kosher salt or iodized or I use for the one the raining lady with the raining. I've never been like, what kind of salt do you have? And I want to make sure (laughs) that it's this. No, but I actually have been using. (laughs) I just started. You're such. <laughs> but, but like well, you said- two or so years ago, I did start using um, genuine, legit sea salt. Like it's like mm-hmm. granulars. They're like yeah. the real deal because it's really, it is really good for you. So that's what I've been using. Like real salt. In our house. Not the. That's it. The raining. I do have a thing of Morton's or whatever the heck that is. I do have yes, that that's the in one. the house. And sometimes like if a recipe call, not that I'm really doing lots of recipes. This is so interesting to everyone. Um, I <laughs> will use that. Like if I need like half, oh, okay. like a lot of salt or something. But but not yeah. no, not really. Anyway. I'm I'm glad you're you're interested in this. <laughs> but I'm not like Anyway, it caught my, my eye. Is, I wrote this down. I also yes. wrote these notes on a Friday night half asleep. So I just wrote Wow, everybody I gets didn't their see own salt, salt and pepper. I didn't see that, but I like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Where am I here? Um, Heaven forbid you have to ask to pass the salt down. No, you don't want to do I know. It's too you big know. of a table. Oh. It's too big it's of a, a table. They'd have to have, like, a butler to, like, fetch it mm-hmm. and bring it for a bath mm-hmm. and then write the <laughs> footman a, a note about bringing it over to somebody, you know. And then they'd have to write down who got it. Just to say. They'd have to buff off the ceramic or the glass. It's a whole process. Yeah, so Totally. Just I'm going to have to do that next time at my table. <laughs> your own room Honey, could you and your own salt to... and pepper. 
That's I'll right. Know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So at back at the Van Rines, Pumpkin's back. Okay. Mm. Very mm. excited. I put an exclamation point. Thank goodness. Thank God. I don't think I could take and... Miranda crying <laughs> or hysterical. Exactly. Over yeah. Che. But and, hopefully, and this, hopefully she only has 99 things to do now. Yeah. Hopefully she got right. one thing done um, while Pumpkin was not Did there. you hear me reference Miranda and Che or no? Did yes, you yes, okay. yeah. You didn't even acknowledge it. Right. Anyway. I'm sorry. <sighs> so Marion is invited by Mrs. Fane to go to the Academy of Music to, oh gosh, to watch the opera. Mr. Payne. No, it's not an opera. It's a symphony. Joy and Pain? What? The, la- the, what the name you? of the conductor, you're such a oh. uh, is Payne, I believe. He's going to conduct the Boston Symphony Orchestra. It's not the opera. Oh, Girl. right. All right. I, Raising I money for Mrs. It was for right. Miss Barton. Well, at first I was thinking it would be the opera, but it wasn't. It's a symphony. I <clears> did too. And then I had all these scenes of like pretty woman going through my mind about the. Oh, don't the even don't mention pretty woman right now. I'm sorry. We have another pretty woman reference. I do. Just hold your okay. hold your hold your thought. Hold your thought. Okay. Yes. And then like using yeah, I know. No, I I know. I would rather have seen an opera than the symphony. I'll tell you that much. Um, they're raising money for Miss Barton, and Mrs. Fane will pick her up on the way. And Marion also gets a box, the green one Indeed. we saw. Mrs. J. I was really shocked at this part. I was like, <laughs> "What?" I, yeah. Um, like I don't know. Well, I guess I understand the point of it was for her to maybe go there because she probably knew she was going to have to return it. I don't know. So. It's the green one that we saw with Mrs. Chamberlain, and Agnes wants to know who it's from. She won't tell her, but she will return it. <sighs> slap, slap, slap. So now we're at the Russells, and they're eating dinner, and they're discussing Gladys's governess and the need for a lady's maid. Larry thinks it's ridiculous. Um, and then Bertha mentions that Mrs. Fane, totally off the subject of that, uh, would like to call on her. Mm-hmm. So after mm-hmm. dinner, Larry tells George that he saw Oscar, Mr. Russell, that he saw Oscar, who was basically f- fishing for a dinner invitation. And George is like, well, he had refused when George was in trouble with the alderman. And then he also asks if, he asks Larry if he thinks that he's after Gladys. Da-da-da-da. Then we're in the Russell's kitchen. The chef and the head guy there who I still think is church, I'm not sure, are discussing the soup. <laughs> they're a little stuck on that. And then they're wondering how Mrs. Astor would set the table if she does it the English way mm. or the mm. American way or whatever or whatever it is. And Mrs. Bruce then notices Mr. Watson seems sad. She's a nosy rosy, you know? Mm-hmm. Little, I'd be like, back off, lady. Um, she seems sad. You seem sad after your walk, and the chef notices Turder is always angry. <laughs> this happens after they're like, Bravo, up. chef. I know. Hello. And she says she's wasting her life here. He says, Then leave or change things. And she says, She'll leave when she's ready, but made a sign to change things. And I was like, Ooh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Turner's so, like being a turder. <laughs> she's such a turder. She just always looks like she's gritting her teeth Ugh. too. She Ugh. does have, like, she, Not she does have the big gums. I'm she sorry. has the big gums. Sorry, she does, and she shows them and, a lot. Like, and just, she's not attractive. I think because she's just so like right. Ugh. Well, she's always yeah, pissed off. So something. salty, salty, and just See a stick of there? her butt. Thank you, because you know I love the Da-da-da. salt too. <laughs> yeah. Don't be so salty. now. <laughs> We have Ada and Marion, and of course, Ada's like, tell me who gave you the box. I kind of didn't want Marion to tell her because Ada's Mm -hmm. such a little – not that I think she'll tell Agnes, but she's just so – oh, my God. You know, the drama. Oh, dear. What are we going to do? So she tells her who the box came from. Oh, this is very bad. And um, Marion says – I guess she says, like, are you friends or something? She says, we're not friends, but I like her. And Ada says, that mm. makes me shudder. Far worse than, oh, and she's far worse than Mrs. Russell. She's contaminated. And be, by being my her, you'll be contaminated. I mean, it was just, 
I wrote yeah. blah 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 about <laughs> talking about who right. Marion would marry. Marion asks details of Ada of, about Ada if she ever came close to marriage, um, and basically Ada says yes, but she did not. He did not meet grandfather's high standards. And Marion's like, mm. do you think you should have married him? Like, do you think you'd be a happier person? And Ada's like, that's a cruel question. No, I'm not I'm doing it wrong. That's a cruel. I don't even know how she said it, but she's like, that's a cruel question. You think I'm weaker than Aunt Agnes? Maybe I am. But marrying beneath oneself is no guarantee of happiness. I wrote, preach! Because mm. uh, it's true. It might be true. All right. So Ada tells her not to plunge in without thinking. Marion mm. starts tearing up, and Ada tells her to only go for the McAllister 400, which I had to look up. So, Ward McAllister, I'll do this real quick from wikipedia.org, was a popular arbiter of social taste in the Gilded Age of late 19th century America. He was widely accepted as the authority as to which families could be classified as the cream of New York society. That's the 400. Mm -hmm. But his listings were also questioned by those excluded from them and his own personal motives of self, oh my gosh, ag aggrandizement, aggrandizement, I don't even know how to say that word, aggrandizement, basically like grand, being grand, I don't know, were noted. Um, yeah, and he was, a, you know, and we find out, yeah, that he was very close with Mrs. Astor. But I won't mm. go into that. So that was from wikipedia.org. Okay. So now we're at Marion at Chamberlain's house. <gasps> so she's there to return the box. Of course, she goes in, which we're all excited Why did about. She's she give her the box? I, anyway. That's did what you... I was saying earlier. Like, what was the right? point? Was it to get her to go there? Right, right. To maybe to be able Still to see her because she that. assumed she would return it. She, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, <clears throat> Marion is admiring the paintings. And we learn now that. Mrs. Chamberlain had been married. She's a widower. Well, obviously she was married to Mr. Chamberlain, and she is a widower, and she has new money. Mm -hmm. And she does get upset when Marion asks how they met. And then we also find yeah. out that the son, her son, is in Chicago. That's really all mm -hmm. I wrote for that. Um, then we have Bertha and Aurora. Uh, right, Bertha, uh, Aurora goes there. To call on her. Oh, yeah. Bertha's in this, a repeat dress. Yes. Yes. I noticed the that, too. The repeat dress that I'm, like, obsessed with. Yep. I was like, oh, she's wearing that again. Which, you know, huh. it's what they did back then. I think then. they recycled their... I think yeah, back then they like did. soon. <laughs> we don't know the timeline. <laughs> it's too close to the other <laughs> episode. What are they doing? I was like, But think about We talked the about it. Episode. They made 5,000 costumes or 4,000. They're like, you're wearing right. this again. Like, you know, come on. Yeah, but yeah. like if last episode was on a Tuesday and this is only the following Thursday, <laughs> poor thing, this is new money. You got oh, time for more I outfits? So, yes, I feel so bad. No. Um, so bad she has to repeat the outfit. But No, but they, I loved seeing it again. They did have less clothes. I know. Um, so Aurora says that she'd like to repay her for the help that George gave them. So she invites her to a luncheon with Ward McAllister, who we just heard his name. Mrs. Astor's sort of henchman, he wants to see, well, and she's like, why would he come or whatever? And she's like, he wants to mm -hmm. see your house and he loves money. So Bertha asks if she will, if Aurora will tell her circle about this. And she says, she'll tell them they are friends now. And then mm -hmm. she invites her to the Academy of Music. So now we have, <clears throat> sorry, George Russell and his assistant dude. That's what I write. I think his name's Clay. That's the Clay guy. I don't know. Discuss. <laughs> They discuss the recent train accidents, and they, they want mm -hmm. to, uh, I think George mentions, like, increasing insurance. Bertha happens to walk in. I mean, the timing couldn't be more perfect, just, right? Because she yeah. walks in at that moment and suggests getting involved with a charity that deals with disasters. <laughs> Red Cross. She happens to be hello. going to a concert to raise money for it. Like, hello. Indeed. What oh, are the chances? She's just, she's a rock star. Okay, so now we have Oscar and Ada, and Oscar wants to have the Russells over for dinner because they stopped inviting yeah. him over because he didn't respond to their invites when he thought they were ruined, and Marion tells them, oh, and that's when Ada, I think that's when Ada's like, 
yeah, he just like, well, now I'm on their side. Like, you shouldn't have done that or whatever. Yeah. Right. So then Marion walks in and she tells them that she made the delivery. And Ada tells Oscar mm. that she had been at the Chamberlain's. And we find out – so we find out really the scandal is that she was living <clears> – excuse me – with Mr. Chamberlain mm-hmm. while he was married and, and while his wife was like dying. And he – the mm-hmm. son was born while Mr. Chamberlain was still married. The whole thing that that, right. is, that is pretty scandalous. Um so and he's scandalous. like clearly like he adopted him but clearly it's his child he looks just like him um so then they're talking about brooklyn and marion oh oh that's because sorry agnes walks in and she's like what like want to know what they're talking about and they're like oh there's going mm-hmm. you know that they are going to build a bridge or something i don't even know what he says something about and it's something about Brooklyn or something. And mm-hmm. Marion says, well, she might be going there to cheer Peggy up. And then Agnes is like, so should I. So should I if I lived in Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> I guess like, mm-hmm. she'd be sad or need cheering up or something like that. Anyway. And then Oscar's like, ha, ha, like uh, laughs super hard. So I don't know if he was laughing super hard to show the snottiness about Brooklyn or, right. <clears throat> excuse me, to try to deter like agnes from their conversation because they were talking about mrs chamberlain they all, really yeah there's always so, need yeah. for that as well yeah <laughs> so then we have we see george russell in bed and a woman comes mm. in but we don't know who it is even oh, though knew we right think away. we know who it i know we, i knew who it was too you know she right away her, i wrote it down she comes in and she takes her robe off that's all we see yeah then we go to bridget yeah. crying <laughs> bridget bridget yeah. crying and Mrs. Bauer comes in to see her. And basically, this is my my get from this is that Bridget was sexually abused, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But I don't we don't know who. Yeah. I'm like by her dad or maybe stepdad right. is my guess. I tried to like watch her mouth would you know, to see what she mouthed, mm-hmm. but I Oh, really I, see I put anything. on the closed caption to see. If it came up. And it just says yeah, it wouldn't come All, up. Inaudible it whispering. Says, Did it say that? Correct. Oh, I love correct. that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So well, that, now we know why she. And we don't know exactly, but clearly why she has a problem with physical touch of any kind. Anything, yeah. From a, from a man, yeah. from a boy. So now we have Turter in bed with uh, George. He thinks it's Bertha. Yeah. And I did love this part. I'll be honest. He he rejects her, yeah. and he says how yeah. much he does love his wife, and that she is mm-hmm. like everything that this woman just said she would be um that Mm -hmm. turner would be and says not to speak of it to bertha and she's like why and she's like because bertha respects her opinion and she's very grateful for her guidance so yeah yeah now we're at the scott's house but mm, so love not great that he says that you mean Mm, i feel like this whole like Turder, something is gonna come back to this mm-hmm. somehow, or like, Probably. you know, because he's like, don't say, you know what I mean? Like he's basically yeah. like letting her go, yeah. and like don't speak of it, and yeah, and then Turder, I feel like somehow is gonna <laughs> use right, it. Turner, bring it gonna up. use it. Yep, and she's yeah. gonna finagle things the way she and twist and tur- and who knows? I just yeah. I'm like this isn't going. This isn't gonna be like a easy this is a brewing story for sure yeah there's gonna yeah. be some drama because she ain't drama. gonna give up no so now we're so at this knows? yeah we're at the scott's house in their dining room mm-hmm. um i love the stained glass windows that were behind where love the it. father was sitting beautiful um, my husband used to have in our old house a stained glass window it actually though he would he hung it i know this sounds funny from mm. there's a lot of light like a skylight and stuff but he and we had um Oh my God, vaulted vaulted ceiling? No, it's not. Is it vaulted? I don't know. Ceilings. Cathedral. And Something like that. Maybe cathedral more. Yeah, it was a small house, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had this stained glass window that he had like hung, and you could the light would come through it anyway. So I have mad um, mad respect for stained glass windows. <laughs> love a good stained glass. <laughs> All right. Anything. So they're having this part. Watching it the second time, I was like, oh my God, this luncheon. Mm-hmm. So, oh, the luncheon. Uh, uh, anyway, uh. so 
Oh my gosh, of course my notes. All right. So they're having a birthday luncheon for her mom. The dad is eating crab and he's having a tough time. And <laughs> he's talking about, like, like basically if you think this is bad, like if he's being gross, that he had mm-hmm. an uncle that would, like this, he would eat eggs and then he'd dip his eggs into the jelly, I think, or something like that, the jam. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be egg in his jelly and all this stuff. And his name, was, it was Uncle William. And then the mom does ask, like, oh, what became of him or something like that. And he says he was sold by his owners before emancipation came. Yeah. Yeah. So then Peggy tells her dad about the New York Globe. And he's like, oh. And then he's like, they don't pay much, though. Like, he had to throw in a negative thing. Like, Mm -hmm. they don't pay much or something. So now we see outside. And Marion pulls up in in a carriage. Everyone is staring at her. She's a moron. So... She's clearly surprised by their house because she's, like, double-checking right. the address and everything. Then we go back to them inside, and we find out the dad has his own pharmacy. He's clear, he's a pharmacist. Yep. He planned to pass it down to her. My dad is a retired pharmacist, uh, by yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a re- pharmacist for 50 years. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. That's a long time. He started time. really young because um, he skipped a grade and all the stuff. Anyway. Okay. So not in pharmacy school. In so mom goes to where am I? Yeah, oh, let's so, not skip out on pharmacy school. <laughs> Thank you for that. No, no, I'm saying yeah, he did. Father did he not did. skip no. a year in pharmacy school, so he no, he skipped a year in high school. We're talking school. like grade school. Yeah, I think actually no, I think he was younger. Maybe it's grade school. Yeah. Anyway, he was young and when he started off, he that was his first job was like at a farm. Pharma- he just was pharmacy, pharmacy, pharmacy. He was in the army, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway, um, army pharmacy. Army. Army farm. <laughs> then he's talking about the pharmacy. He planned to pass it down to her. So that's like getting her, Peggy, mm-hmm. upset. So then the mom is like, let's toast to the publishing, you know, the story. And the dad says, it's a fool's errand. And I was like, I don't know mm. what that means. So I looked it up. And it basically means like it not, it will, nothing will come of it. Like it's, yeah, it's a joke. You're wasting your time. Yeah. Which you could be upsetting. a pharmacist. Yeah. It's upsetting. So Marion comes in and they have a maid and the maid mm. is like staring at her. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, what are so, you doing here? Yeah. Like so looking her up and down. It's terrible. Yeah. It's her mom's birth. Well, I guess. It's, it's <sighs> interesting though to see like, so we're flip flop, right? Yeah. A little bit. Yep. So now we get to see it through their eyes, right? So yep. to speak, their perspective mm-hmm. of you know, this white lady coming to town. Yeah. Like, what are you doing <laughs> And here? being the, you know, the minority. The outsider. Yep, and the minority. So Peggy is definitely not happy. She's there. And then the, oh, God, she brought the used shoes. Mm. So embarrassing. I the just dad wanted to crawl is... into, like, a closet and the close dad... the door when this happened. I was like, no, I'm not watching this. I know, and I watched it. I had watched it twice to take the notes. I was like, I don't want to do this. And the dad was basically like, why are you here uninvited? They want to see what's in the bag. And I'm like, I would have just said like, oh, I just have this stuff. I found out there was a cobbler. (laughs) I don't know, but I just. Something. I'm going to like get these shoes repaired. Showed them. Never. That would have never been opened. I would have been like. No. I can't. (laughs) I can't. No. It's not proper. Oh, God. So then Peggy decides to leave, and I felt bad for the mom. I felt so bad for mom. And before the cake. I was like, you're leaving before the cake. Who leaves before cake? I know. I don't know. Right? Peggy, come on. So I just, my next part just says, Peggy is pissed. Um, And... You know, they're outside so. arguing, and Marion says, my aunt let you live at my house. I was like, oh, my God. Come on, mm-hmm. Marion. And Peggy yeah. says, you don't know anything about me. Lighten up a little me. bit, would you? Yeah. My life, my situation, and Marion says she's sorry, and Peggy says, don't be sorry. Just stop thinking you're really my friend. I was like, oh. She doesn't say it like that, mm-hmm. but ouch. Slap, slap, slap. Yeah, slap, slap, slap. So Bertha now is in the dress from Pretty Woman. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. That basically it's the dress from Pretty Woman, but more. Yeah. <laughs> There's, she had white gloves on. It was red. Mm-hmm. It went down across like. Did she have the, the cloak on? Like Not the yet. She comes down oh, the steps. God. Oh, yeah. I, did, I right. was obsessed. 
obsessed. I wrote, and I'm Googling please this. find that cape. Oh, I, I am looking. Cape. I was Googling it. I'm like, someone had to have written about this because Ugh. they made that, the costume designer clearly, like, come on. There should have been Can numerous... I get that cape? We need sure. that cape. Yeah. We'll sell it in our <laughs> merch store. Too. No, it's. Can we get a reproduction oh, of the cape? she put that on. Mm. I was like, it was so like, oh, I don't know what the trivia. word is. What's my Just trivia? Just dreamy. Oh, totally dreamy. What is? I have I have a. Uh, I do have a link to a website. Why did I? I know I was trying to find that information about that dress. Blah 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 blah. Oh, I do have stuff. Oh, I have a picture of her with the dress on. You guys will be. Yeah. Can you say you guys will be seeing it when I post stuff because well, I'll have seen the post and then hopefully listened. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to see. We talk about the dress. Bring. Well, I guess not. Oh, just like stuff like Academy Music was a real was a real opera house. They call it opera house. John Knowles Payne was a real composer, and Boston Symphony Orchestra mm-hmm. is a real orchestra, and it still exists. And the Academy Music was situated on the northeast corner of East 14th Street and Irving Place in Manhattan. That's the part of Manhattan that I mm-hmm. never know. I'm always like, mm-hmm. tell you where to go, but I couldn't tell you where I am right now. Uh, anyway, uh, it became operational in 1854 and had a hall with seating arrangements for 4,000 people. At the height of its prominence, the New York elites used to flock there to listen to opera. In 1886, it switched to hosting vaudeville. It was ultimately demolished in 1926, and a consolidated Edison building came up in its place. And I got this from hmm. the cinemaholic.com. Okay. I wrote the cloak. Oh, the cloak. She puts that cloak on. It was great. Anyway, now we're at the Academy of Music. Mr. Riggs is there next to them, and Marion is in yellow again, I wanted to say. Did you notice that? Mm. Of course. My favorite color. So, Yes. So he is in, the box he's in is, I thought he said it was Mrs. Henry Shermerhorns, Skirmerhorns, Skirmerhorns actually, I think is how he said it. Skirmerhorn. So I looked up that name. I found a Henry Skirmerhorn. It was like the first one that popped up and had been Mm -hmm. the mayor of Schenectady. I'm like, this can't be the right person. There were 5 million Henry Skirmerhorns is all I have to say. I was like, I don't know. And then I hear him talk about Jerry Skirmerhorn. So I Mm -hmm. don't know what was going on with that. But so basically he comes over to the box and he says he's striving to improve himself and he needs a long ladder. There's that Mm -hmm. long ladder again. And then he leaves the box and he goes back to talk to the Miranda chick. There's Miranda. And Marion is like, "Eh." I'll be honest though. He is cute, but for some reason I'm not not pulling for them. I'm not Mr. Ray. No. Nah, Mr. Rakes. Like, yeah, whatever. No. Oh, I'm Team Mr. Rakes. I don't like. All I don't. Feel, you know when, like, there's a storyline where it's a forbidden love, and you're yeah. like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel that with them. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going. You know, it's more because is she, she was go not for into love him or status. Does that make sense? But I don't feel Ish. the love from her. I'm not feeling. Well, she's not really like. Fuzzy, she's a little robotic, like warm and fuzzy, like a little that. robotic. Yeah, right. But he's like all like romantic. Yeah. But I'm thinking like this is going to be the decision. Do I follow in Agnes's footsteps or her wishes, or do I go Ada, where Ada missed out on love supposedly, right? Or maybe she didn't. I know, but she I'm still not feeling. My thing is, I'm not. She's I understand what you're saying, but I'm not feeling. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think dogs sometimes are better than people. Listen. So. You've got a point. You've got a point. (laughs) But I just Um, don't feel the passion from Marion's Marion's side. side. I don't know why. I just don't feel it. And I think it's. I think. I think it's going to create conflict for her as she figures out. Yeah. So I don't know. But I don't really like. I'm not invested. Like I don't care. I'm like okay. I don't know why. That's (laughs) just how I feel. So I'm like, eh, he's there. Yeah. Whatever. And uh, I think he's cute. No, I think he's cute, but I, and like I, I said, his I don't feel And I love his little proposal in the park. Yeah, but I'm not no, feeling I don't. her I think she's, with him. 
Yeah. She didn't remember when mm-hmm. he was like, "Can I write you?" and she was like, "No." Like right. she did not yeah. have feelings for him. No, that's at true. all. That's, that's true. what was confusing. Like she wasn't yeah. like like when he asked her that, she didn't get any kind of like oh, you oh, know, like hot like, like hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah. Sweating. She start fanning herself. I remember yeah, when she, she was didn't... like Bertha. Oh, did I write it down? No, I didn't. Um no, what she says about the fan, she says, mm. I wish I had a fan so I could look, I could cover my face in mystery or something like that. I don't know. That's what mm-hmm. Marion mm. said. But And then I wrote and scene because they go back to the music and that's it. That's it. Wow. I love that you're 43% uploaded. So we'll be sitting yeah, there. Yeah, so it's going to be a long night. Great. Yay. <laughs> Do you Yay, clear? Bedtime. Okay, we'll talk about this after you stop recording. Yeah, I don't think I any some of questions our eight you. listeners want to hear us <laughs> talk about the uploading percentage right if you now. are listening out there could you please <laughs> review our podcast but it has to be positive if you have negative feedback email me and tell me because i want to know but email the homebody is only at gmail.com but if you could re- review us like i'm mad at myself why didn't i tell every single family member of mine should have reviewed us and we've like gotten some like my husband reviewed great. us no but your husband yeah. needs to review us like Hello. He doesn't listen to us. It so doesn't make him listen, but you need to listen. Make him listen and review us because the whole yeah. point, like the more reviews you have, the more you move right. up when people right. are searching. And we know things. we have listeners out there, which we is do. great. And some people are just not reviewing. It no, would help I know. Us out a but lot. I'm saying, yeah. Like a big bunch. If you're listening, please review. It could be the quickest thing, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, just a little, little And you don't have to two. put like your name or anything. You can put whatever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be helpful. You could, you could write pumpkin. I, yeah. Pumpkin lover. Just write pumpkin, pumpkin. pumpkin pie. I don't know. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, slap, dear. slap, slap. One, slap, two, three. Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> you know? One, two, three at gmail.com. Good quote. Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> oh, All right. Dear. I think that's, is that it? Well, that's that a wrap. to say? So. That is a wrap. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.